Hello, loreheads, and welcome to the League, exploring the League of Legends lore from A to Z. My name is Rebecca. And I'm John. And I'm Mark. And today, we get to talk about the Star Forger Aurelian Soul, who was released March 24th, 2016, which is way longer ago than I thought it was for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's a bit ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sarah was asking me, you know, he's pretty new, right? And I was like, he feels new. Let me see when he was released. Oh, yeah, yeah. 2016. I guess he's kind of new. <laughs> man, oh, man. Like, comparatively, yeah. But, yeah, now, now I think about it, like... I don't. I, I definitely remember like when he got played professionally for a time there, and that felt like forever ago. So, um, so Aurelian Soul doesn't have too much lore on the Riot Universe page. page. He has a bio, a teaser vid, a short story, some champion insight that I clicked on, and it was supposed to like give you insight on the creation of him, but it just took me to an entirely different page that had nothing to do with Aurelian Soul. I had to search around a lot to find <laughs> the page that they were trying to link to. Okay. <laughs> Maybe you can send him an email. Let him know. Hey. Yeah, I was just saying. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, put hey, the Larry, right. I know you're listening. <laughs> um, they also had put like his login screen when they back when they used to do uh, login music for everyone, and he has some good login music. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, I listened to it a bunch when it's I was pretty epic. Yeah, and I mean the, the login screen is cool too with the stars. They go, you know, they kind of. Mm. It doesn't work without the visual, obviously, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> I get what you mean. It's still not my... I don't know if anything will ever top Lucian for me. I feel like Lucian's login screen was just uh, perfect. Okay, so we could talk about the the bio. Sure, so I'll <laughs> I'll tackle the bio. Sure. I, All right. I'll, I'll just kind of summarize some, some fun facts about Aurelian Soul that I learned from the bio. <laughs> Since I feel like a lot of it is maybe less... I don't know. It's all... I don't know. So... <laughs> Aurelian Sol is very old. How old? He was born in literally the first breath of creation. <laughs> so they were like, you thought Amumu was old. Mm-mm. Nah, get a load of this. Orn, Anivia, fuck him. This guy's old. So he, uh, he creates stars. He is a star forger. He has great kind of cosmic power. He actually created the son of Rune Terra. He did not create Rune Terra, though. Important distinction. <laughs> now, he was kind of going around the universe, just creating stars, loving life. He, you know, had opinions about the other of his colleagues who were created about the same time. He thought they lacked imagination. But then one day, he was invited to Rune Terra by the aspects of Targon, who specifically were the people he said lacked imagination and did not like. <laughs> uh, but they were like, hey, there's this beautiful planet here, and there's these people on it, and they've got something special for you, something that is worthy of your splendor. So he visited, checked it out, and they gave him a fancy crown. But as soon as he put it on, oh, it was a trap. <laughs> so the crown was ensorcelled. It stole his knowledge of the suns and stars and banished him back to the heaven so he could not go back there. It said it banished him back. It also says they pull, like, they order him back several times. So it seems yeah. like maybe he can only come to Runeterra when called upon. Using this knowledge of the stars, they built the sun disk, which we've mentioned a, a few times when talking about 
Shirima. It's kind of what they use to create their own demigods. But So Aurelian Sol's clearly upset about this. He is just biding his time and waiting for the magic on the crown to weaken so that he can get his revenge. He sees everything that's happening on Rune Terra. So he sees the original sun disk be built, and then he sees it get destroyed. He gets a, he sees a second sun, di- sun disk get built. He sees demigods rise. He sees the, the war of the void. He sees the rune war mage, rune mage war. <laughs> yeah. yeah, those are all words that fit, right? Just like, yeah. He sees all sorts of catastrophes, uh, and then he starts to notice that after all of them, the magic has started to weaken a bit on his crown. The time is nigh and seen. Nice. Nicely summarized. That was a good impression. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, nicely summarized. Um, I mean... I, I, so what did you guys think of this? Because I uh, this is, might be the first instance I would use the the phrase purple prose, maybe, uh, when describing league writing. Um, but I don't mean mm-hmm. it with any sort of negative connotation. I think this might be the most voiced of any bio that we've read. Like, this reads as something that Aurelian Soul would write. Yes, which to me was insufferable to read. But I, I, definitely, uh. I definitely agree that it, it felt very much like, as someone who's played Aurelian Soul and has heard his quotes, he's very insufferable. <laughs> yeah. And that was, that was definitely a, having read the insights for building the champion. Oh. <laughs> uh, mm. That was definitely a goal. They wanted to make him larger than life. They wanted him to have... I think specifically the comparison they made was like, we want him to be like a um, a David Bowie style, just like a plum. Okay, well, don't insult David Bowie like that. (laughs) I mean, I I also had read that, but I, I, I think they did a really good job of echoing the character voice here. It's even more the case in the story, Mm. but... um... I think mm-hmm. this is also interesting. The other interesting angle I see with Aurelian Soul is that we start to look into kind of the metaphysics of Runeterra a bit, you know, in my <laughs> mind. You know, we start looking at, okay, so he's a celestial, right? What does that mean for space that he and the other, I assume other celestial dragons and aspects and celestials, which are a different thing, which I guess we should also get into a little <laughs> bit. Is it space as we know it? It would seem to be the case, right? There are suns and planets and whatnot. But I mean, I don't know. It, it, I think it, there's a. It's kind of a little bit of a can of worms. I feel like he kind of opens up where I don't know. Maybe maybe yeah. that's just me. Maybe I I'm reading too much into it. But he's definitely so. He's definitely kind of described as having all of this cosmic power. Um, but he is also specifically restricted to star creation. Uh, there are a lot of kind of celestial bodies such as rune terror itself that he did not create somebody with what had to have been kind of equal power to himself is creating other celestial bodies all throughout the the universe and he doesn't know who did this one yeah it's 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 interesting the degrees of power that we see um especially in the short story too when when he's kind of comparing his own power to you know the whatever's on the other side of the void uh it's i'm I'm kind of mentally right now trying to do one of those like marvel dc power rankings to see where exactly <laughs> he stacks up in the in the cosmic realm of things 
Yeah, that was actually something I was going to ask. Is he the <laughs> is he the most powerful character in League of Legends? I mean, I, at least in terms of champions that we know of. It's hard to say with some people like like Kindred because she's kind of like mm. death itself. So can he? We can assume that he can die. That he's he's killable, just very powerful. Yeah. Potentially. So if he he can die, then that would be maybe his only threat is somebody who crosses into the spirit world does does he go to the spirit realm and he dies see i don't know does he just get reincarnated mm. does he turn maybe he bypasses kindred entirely is kindred over the realm of death galaxy wide or specifically <laughs> in rune terra i don't think they ever specify i mean it's a really valid question because they describe <laughs> it as a celestial realm so was are we talking like a plane of existence something like you would see in a and like where it's not space as we know it scientifically but some mm. other it's similar to the spirit world right that we've that we know there's a spirit moon right so is there a celestial moon is that what we see from runeterra and it's separate from the i don't know what we call it the mundane plane of existence that you know darius and shit exists on i don't know it, darius and shit lives on. you know people who are stuck in the mud right the lesser beings that aurelian soul just loves to <laughs> get lauded by or whatever right <laughs> those people who seem strong but they're not fucking space dragons <laughs> yeah man they're not they carry axe they don't hurl star at planet <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah they definitely have left themselves really really open to play here and to give themselves room to expand another Aurelian soul-like character if they wanted to it's tough I find characters that are kind of all-powerful, generally kind of boring, because I don't usually like the way that they're played with. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about Aurelian Soul yet. I do like that his whole story is kind of very much like something humans would create to explain, you know, things that they can't explain. So we've had stories in the stars for a really long time, and there's even a mention that I really liked that as his crown is crown is crumbling it's like you can see meteors in the sky which is very cool and a good visual and also something it sounds like a story people would have made up to explain meteors but we're getting another side of it where we're seeing it from the like myths point of view which is kind of cool am i making sense yeah okay definitely (laughs) for sure and that makes him a little bit more interesting for sure i was gonna say i think this might be my favorite bio just because i felt so much of the character echoed in it i agree with it being insufferable to read (laughs) i think that doubles for the story i i started skimming a bit because it's so overwrought but it's obviously intentional um so yeah but this bio is the most you know ashes was nice because we got a lot of uh progression for the character but this is nice because uh, if you want to know Aurelian soul, you kind of need... He lends himself to the written word, I guess I would say. He's, <laughs> he's the guy who cracks his thesaurus a lot, you know? <laughs> yeah, they definitely had the thesaurus open while they were writing his story in oh, bio. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, I had I had an interesting observation about the bio, but I'll hold on to it. There was just a funny line in either the story or the bio when Aurelian soul refers to all of the people on Runeterra as insufferable demigods, which I just thought was a really good... Uh, name for every league champion and that's just what they should be called from now on yeah i i love that it was so it was so on point you know he's not wrong um i was i was gonna say that uh we actually might want to talk about the story because i think it it unveils some things that talking about some of the wider stuff i think is is kind of important to kind of bring into focus um the story is is pretty short in terms of actuals um which i think we we do run into sometimes 
uh, but it's called Twin Dons by Matthew Dunn. Uh, and it starts with this is it's all told from Aurelian soul. I, I haven't written as a soul in all of my notes because I was not <laughs> writing out Aurelian every time. Uh, so it's got this. It's from this a soul's perspective, right? Um, so anyway, he's traversing above the heavens of Runeterra. He's looking down at the lesser beings because he appears as a comet and he's kind of musing to himself about, oh, I wonder what they they see when they see me. Um, he does this for like <laughs> half the story. I have to emphasize. Yes, yes. It's. it's he he really is self-involved so in a kind of <laughs> yeah. It it it's kind of endearingly. I, I you love to hate him, right? Um, no, <laughs> you just hate him. But it yeah. is understandable. I'll say that sure. I would probably be self-absorbed if I was a Relian soul. If I could, if I could build a sun. <laughs> yeah, it's a little hard to. Um, anyway, so eventually he gets pulled away from his his internal monologuing by by Pantheon. Uh, but it's important to note that this is a different host. This is probably the previous host to the one we know it's actually a, a woman um, but she she kind of pulls on the invisible magical reins of his crown and tells him to seal a void breach that's the current crisis they're dealing with is there's a void breach and before he does he gives her some sass back which I'm pretty sure he's not supposed to be able to do um, but the you know as we kind of outlined in the bio the power the control is weakening and the power is weakening and Pantheon is very you know she's kind of shooken by she shook right it's like that's not supposed to happen uh, but eventually she can force him to do. So it's it's not broken yet. Eventually it can. And as he starts, he starts burning up voidlings and he senses this entity that I think you mentioned, John, this presence on the other side of the rift that's very powerful. Something that gives him pause, I guess I would say. Which, you know, given how much he doesn't give a shit about anything and just kind of considers everything below him, uh, kind of highlights how powerful those... I assume these are the watchers, by the way, that he's he's sensing. Does that mm. seem accurate? It sounds right. Yeah, yeah. And I know we were torn on whether or not Aurelian Soul or the Watchers would end up being the big bad. And I guess if Aurelian Soul's afraid of the Watchers, maybe it's still the Watchers. Well, I don't know about fear, but like mutual okay. respect, it Okay. Seemed. But like it, they could match him in power. Yes, yeah. There's a. I did like this line. So he, he senses it laughing at him. That's the specific thing is the emotion mm. he senses is his, that it's laughing at his efforts to, to stop them. And. He does eventually seal the rift, and he's got this line of, I enjoy what I do next, partly because they'll remember it, partly because it feels good to let a little of the old power loose, but mostly because I wish to remind whatever intelligence that controls the void incursion that nobody laughs at me in my plane of existence. <laughs> I would say in terms of the, the whole big bad thing, too, like, I think either of them could be the big bad. They, if... <laughs> Like, if we were, obviously we haven't given Aurelian Soul any reason to help, like, if we were the Rune Terrans, <laughs> we haven't given him any reason to help us <laughs> against the other ones. I feel like the only reason they would end up fighting each other is specifically for him to prove, like, no, I'm better. <laughs> yeah. My star's bigger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so eventually he, he, he does as he's commanded. He conjures a miniature star. He hurls it at the, the void rift and he blows up. He does seal the rift, but he also kind of destroys everything around it, including Pantheon's host, which he oh, seems uh, to really uh, enjoy uh, doing. Um, and as, as Retribution, the Targonians, I'm pretty sure that them are the aspects. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. I'm not sure who's got the, the reins, um, but they destroy one of his stars. And I guess you would note that it's not just a case of like going in and stepping on someone's toy. He seems to really feel it and really really be sad like it seems to really affect him emotionally um immediately a new pantheon host is chosen i'm pretty sure that's atreus or the the current pantheon host or former whatever the case is going on with pantheon 
Um, and Aurelian gets pulled off to go do another task by the Targonians. But he can sense as he's leaving that, A, they've all focused their collective, like, I don't know, consciousness or, or focus on him. Like, holy shit, our weapon just <laughs> killed one of our hosts. That's not supposed to happen. Uh, and then they are afraid of him. So things are, again... Kind of like the Watchers in that at some point that Howling Abyss Bridge is going to fall apart or that crown is going to turn to nothing or whatever. It's going to get tarnished. So There's a lot of separate doomsday talk, doomsday clocks ticking in Rune Terra. <laughs> yeah, that's um, one problem I'm having a little bit is they're setting up a, a few too many big bats, which I do understand that they have a lot of champions and they're all going to have like antagonists in their story, but there's a couple too many ultra-powerful ones, I guess. <laughs> Well, yeah. you need to, uh, they need to have those multiple tiers of big bad so that when the <laughs> MMO comes out, there's expansion packs for decades. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. You gotta get your raid bosses in now, folks. I think that's a fair <laughs> criticism for sure. It This already starts to feel a little like, okay, I, I, is there any other besides these two that we really highlighted, I guess? Hmm. Is there, is there, is there an, are these in terms the of like super ones? big ones? Yeah. I think this is kind of my limit. Mm. <laughs> I will say, if we hit a third one, that would be too much. Yeah, for me, the Darken are kind of there. I think so. It's hard to tell with them. Yeah, even them. Like, I think they're even below the Watchers, though. Oh sure, yeah, they're like yeah. a it's, they're C list actors. Some sort of spirit threat. Mm. It's hard to tell. You could, I guess, the spirit world is getting misaligned and with just general chaos, and that seems to be causing problems. But that's more of yeah. a, a symptom. Mm. I don't know. I think two is my limit, and I'm fine yeah. with these two. If we hit a, like I said, if, I, if we hit a, thir- hit a third one, that will be too much for me. We I'm are we are two apocalyptic threats in, and we are <laughs> not done with the A's. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. <laughs> what are the odds we'll find a third in the remaining letters of the alphabet? You know what? There is a third. I just remembered it. It's it's even mentioned in the bio. It's the fucking world runes and the rune wars and all that. Oh, right. Jazz. Wait, yeah. what? What is that? Uh, that's 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 not really related to Aurelian Soul, but we'll just say mm-hmm. that um, they're really, really, really powerful magical artifacts that you can use to essentially kind of shape and change reality. And there was a big war about them that almost destroyed Rune Terror. And it seems... I think in the bio, it seems like that's very much the inciting incident for the Targonians and the Aspects mm. starting to lose their power. They're the Infinity Stones. Who's a champion that you think we'll get to that will explore the Rune War? I mean, Rise, I think, is the most direct, but uh, if the cinematic, if the bios have been updated at all to reflect some of the cinematics from the Rise one, Brand? I think, I, I will say, I think Brand has been. So I only remember Brand when he was from like Lockbar or wherever, and he was just a guy who was full of fire and whatever. I think at this point he's been retconned or changed to have been Rises, spoiler, Rises um, apprentice or whatever. And I think he betrayed him and did something with the world runes that was a big deal. Oh, okay. I think that's what we see in the Rise cinematic. I don't know. This is this is like a vague recollection of some new lore that I kind of half heard. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll know soon enough. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Okay. So. So here's the thing I want to highlight is they talk about how there are multiple Pantheon hosts across different worlds. That's something that it, it mentions is that Pantheon, like when Pantheon feels its hosts on Rune Terra get, you know, burnt to a crisp, the other mortal vessels, like fleshy vessels across worlds, all like writhe in like fury and anger. So I think that has a lot of implications for like the aspects in terms of 
what are their motives? What are they? I know we've kind of talked about them somewhat, but this kind of puts them into a more like are they a, are they aliens? Do they have a, like a space empire? Is Targon are there other Targons beyond Runeterra? Like what's going on with that? That was kind of related to one of my notes too when they mentioned that they kept pulling him to different worlds, um, but the only ta- like pulling him to different worlds for tasks. But the only task the only task they specifically mention was closing the void portals. So I'm curious if there were are also void portals on other worlds other than Runeterra. Mm. And like how big the void threat actually is outside of just just one planet. It's an it's a, that's a really excellent point. I didn't think about that. It okay. Does that not kind of cast like shit like Alistar or whoever Amumu's little thing in such? Does it not make it feel so almost insignificant? So small. Like <laughs> it's just this one planet in this giant like empire-spanning, maybe potentially weird celestial galaxy versus all of this non-existence that just is cropping up as aliens. And like, and here's this one little planet. And I really want to know what's going to happen with Ash and this, you know, it's like, who gives a fuck, man? I don't know. <laughs> well, I can, yeah, I, I do like having a, a small story in a big world, I guess. I'm really just looking up at what aspects are now because I forgot. Oh, man, this is, I, I racked my brain for like hours trying to, Okay, so I mentioned earlier, like, there are aspects and there are celestials. And as far as I can tell, they are different things. Because Soraka is a celestial, but she's not... Or she was. She's become mortal, right? She was a celestial who became... Shredded her celestial immortality to come and help the the mundane people. But they're not... She's not an aspect. And they're like a separate... They're like a separate thing, I, I think. I'm... Yeah, they are a separate thing. Because I know oh. um, Aurelian Soul also has like specific voice lines if he's talking to Aspects, and also separate voice lines specifically if he's talking to Soraka. Yeah, yeah, and like Bard, I think counts as a Celestial. So yeah. again, it's oh. I feel like with Aurelian Soul, we've massively opened up the scope of legal <laughs> like the Rune Terra lore in a way that. I like Aurelian Soul and his voice being echoed in this writing. All that part I like, but the way that the scope has just just blown up feels a little bit like I don't know, man. It's one step at a time, maybe. But you've you've introduced a lot of concepts. We haven't even gone to like uh, or we haven't yeah. even gone to Piltover yet, <laughs> and now we're in the universe. <laughs> I mean, is that? I mean, to be fair, that might be somewhat our fault for just doing it alphabetically. But it's I just true. think that I think that just him existing and that this this text being here really does I don't know it, like, it really does just open up the scope of things it gives you all this stuff to start wondering about that I don't know if I don't know if I like the idea of the aspects and everything being on different worlds or I don't know it's it's weird it feels like here was the other thing I was going to say are the the other worlds are those the AUs is that what's going on right like <laughs> oh I would love that <laughs> okay so the wiki says that Celestials refer to all beings that originate from the celestial realm beyond Runeterra. Um, These beings come in various forms, including aspects, I think. So aspects are celestials, but not all celestials are aspects. What is this, an SAT (laughs) problem? (laughs) (laughs) If two pantheons Uh, are ulting at this... Now, um, yeah, it's... (laughs) Yeah, I, huh. uh, I don't know. It's don't it's know. A, it's a bit much for me. I feel like I felt like my mind got expanded a bit too much reading this shit. <laughs> okay, so the description that Aurelian Soul gives when 
he is creating his star. The son of Runeterra? No, the one that he throws at Runeterra to the mini star. Oh. seal the void. I want you, let's see. I'm seeing if I can find a specific clip from it. Because so how do the Solari feel about him then if he's the one who created the sun that they're so obsessed with? It's a really good question. I don't know how much the Solari... This was another question I had was how much how much is this Aspects versus Targon? Because they're kind of used interchangeably, but they're also kind of not. In the bio specifically, mm. it seems like the Aspects are kind of leading the Targonians. Because um, it seems like the, he talks about the Aspects not forcing, um, like commanding the Targonians to construct something that's worthy of his splendor and an offering, right? And it, it's, it seems like a... You know, we see a lot of religious stuff in Targon already. Um, so what's, what's the power balance? How, you know, I don't know. I know mm-hmm. he throws shade on them. Oh, wow. Yeah. And whenever he's talking to, like, any Solari or Lunari, his quotes are just like, you guys worship the same light source. You're so redundant. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad because that's how I was feeling about them. Am I a Relian soul? Am I as insufferable as a Relian soul? Yeah, but not as well spoken. So you know it. it... Oh, <laughs> oh damn. damn, Mark, you didn't have to go at me so hard. Uh, <laughs> All right, I'm just playing. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna read you a snippet of the description that a Relian soul gives when creating his star. Mm. Now I want you to imagine this snippet being read by Jin. Yeah, yeah, I can already, I already, yeah, I'm there already. <laughs> they careen around me in a radiant ballet, their white-hot cores devouring the gathering clouds of dust and matter I draw towards us. We become a storm of stars, the night incarnate, a maddening gyre of starfire. I conjure eddies of searing stardust, exhaling a heat so pure and dense it collapses the aura of this world, just the tiniest bit forever marring the planet's curvature. He's like straight up space gin. <laughs> yeah, those two should get together. They would they would they would be a power duo for sure, man. Yeah, talk I, about insufferable. Right. Yeah. Actually his his quote his quote to Jin is just like imagine what you could do if you had a bigger palette <laughs> essentially. That's funny. Hmm. Yeah. Or a bigger canvas, I think he says. Yeah. Oh, that would yeah. Mm. He is space gin. Yeah, it's actually a really great uh, comparison. I didn't think about it, but you're as soon as you said it, I was there. I was right with you. It's like, of course, of course. So it talks about how when he kills Pantheon, they destroy one of his stars. So do they have that power then? To just, I mean, I guess we we can say that yes, they do. But I don't remember that being established in in the bio. It seemed like they just had. I assume they just had control over him, but they can punish him by destroying his shit as well. Maybe because they have his power. It sound yeah. It sounded like it was part of whatever the curse of the crown was. Mm. Um, Like maybe it's not something that they are choosing to do as a result of him disobeying, but it's something that's like built into the magics. Like, oh, if you do this, something like maybe he's destroying the star. Like maybe that's how the magic Mm. works. Like you disobey this, like you destroy this star involuntarily. That could also be why he feels like as much sorrow as he does when it happens is his own magic is powering the destruction of the star. Yeah, that's a really fair point. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that's that, that tracks for me. It's, it's, it's just interesting that it, it kind of comes out. It kind of hit me a little bit out of, blindsided me a bit from the bio. I thought I had a clear idea of what could yeah. happen. and then, you know, But he shows up on Runeterra anyway, which you know, contradicts it. Um, 
interesting thing I found was that he and Zoe hang out sometimes, or she goes and bugs him, it, it reads like, and it's gotten to the point that he, he kind of likes her maybe a little, or at least he doesn't hate her as much as other people from Targon or whatever. Yeah. Fun. He's her, uh, he's her space doggy. Because <laughs> she became an aspect after all this happened, so she didn't actually know anything about Aurelian Soul. Uh, she like learned about it from others, and kind of her... She's right now, like, vowed to protect Aurelian soul and, you know, be friends with him. Hmm. And... That's fun. I like fun pairings like that. Yeah. I, would, I was trying to see if I could find any actual interaction, but it's all just, like, mentioned once or twice in the bio or hinted at in a single, you know, thought. So, hmm. but it'll be fun to see that, that little interaction, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Curious, the, uh, the Call of the Mountain cinematic, there was a what looked like a comet you know crashing down to the earth but then when the lady looks at it it's like a little baby unicorn it looks like and she kind of carries it all the way back up to its targonian home to rejoin with other creatures that clearly also have some sort of like it seems like obviously not aurelian soul level but some sort of cosmic power (laughs) but aurelian soul also made a cameo in that video and was it just me, or did he have two heads in that video? I'm gonna have to rewatch it. It's I'd have to rewatch it because there is, since we're talking, it's Runeterra. There is a Runeterra celestial dragon card with two heads. So I don't know if maybe it just happened to be that. Or oh, I'd have okay. To re- so I'd have it's to a separate it. dragon. Yeah, that they've got a couple it, of them. Because I know that. Gotcha. That's that's probably a thing. Because I know she was climbing the mountain, and the mountain just rose up and it turned out the mountain was this dragon and it just kind of flew away with her on it so I just didn't realize there was another dragon of that size like on Runeterra I assumed they were all up in space yeah I don't know I I need to rewatch it it, maybe it is the case that he's got two and then that one it'll be a a heck of a a change to the character design but (laughs) you know he seems like he could do it he could pull it off could you imagine like two heads being that insufferable Oh man, I would love to hear their conversations. Well, I mean, I wouldn't because you'd it'd be terrible, but it, it, it would also be entertaining. I don't know. I kind of liked Aurelian Soul here. It's I, the the writing. I guess what I liked um, more than most anything else we've read, I think, is that the writing style felt like it was being done with a very clear like, you know, voice and a very clear um, purpose, and it was very much the writing itself and the style of it was informing the character, um, which I felt like we've not yeah, really gotten yeah. yet, and that's. I like that. That's, yeah, that's the flag I'll fly for this. This this all this lore is that <laughs> you if you want to know a brilliant soul, I think you should read it. And I would put it in the category of, of you know, there's some stuff that I would say don't read, and I would say you probably read this, maybe <laughs> skim it, um, but just to get a sense of a brilliant soul really well is you know read this actually. So, fun fact about a brilliant soul and his voice lines. <laughs> I don't know if you you read this too, Mark. If you were reading the Champion Insight, but. Uh, the voice actor for Aurelian Soul was having a really hard time nailing that balance of kind of playful pompousness, I guess. Um, so they made him do jazz hands the entire time he was recording the the audio, and I said that <laughs> that fixed the problem. <laughs> I didn't see that. I, I that's great. That's gonna forever color anything I ever see about Aurelian Soul. <laughs> Oh, that was a not a good. Here they have very specific. Ta- they have all of his taunts on this. That he has a lot of 
Um, oh, and buying certain items. Buying Rod of Ages. Uh, rip. <laughs> it's been around for ages. So, almost new. <laughs> Mark was just doing jazz hands while we listened to that. You can see. We have a taunt at Annie. I did. Re- I do remember that one. Yeah. Mages are infants grasping at the machinery behind reality. At least you have a plausible excuse. Oh, I like the Amumu one. The Amumu one is oh, okay. straight fucking burn. <laughs> I am overwhelmed by an emotion when you are not around. It is called. Happiness. <laughs> He's got some good ones. That's so mean, Aurelian Soul. Well, he's an A Soul. What can I say? Hey. No one's ever made that joke before. That's what's so great about it. Also, he has one quote that had me a little confused, and it's specifically to Dunk Master Darius. Oh. If dunking is the apex of this primitive sport, then I'm the queen of space. Uh, okay. Um, hold on. I'm trying to find a way to make this work. Hold on. My brain. <laughs> you've thrown quite the monkey wrench into my brain's gears. <laughs> I'm the. Um, I have no idea. I. I mean, I'm, just, I'm sure you could figure something out. I actually went back and rewrote, reread his lore at that point because I was like, queen of space. Shit. Did they? Did they never? Like, say, like, did they never say his gender and I just assumed it was a him but like no he, it's him all the way <laughs> he could be a queen yeah, he can I, for sure maybe it's he does mean, drag you know un hey. drag get un? out we're done we're done does anybody have anything else about <laughs> drag done Aurelian <laughs> <laughs> soul um, I don't know maybe John did you look on the map of Room Terror to try and find where this the, the story bit happened where he, he he fucked up the the curvature of Runeterra. I did not know. I, um, I, I didn't either. I don't know. I was trying. To, I figured yeah. it'd be a pretty noticeable fucking scar. I can only guess that maybe it's where the void. Either it's the Howling Abyss, and he just made it way back in the day, or it is maybe near Akathia, where the void is on that map, because there's kind of a weird mm. valley there. But I just figured mm. it. I figured it would have a little note like, "Oh, here's where a giant comet or something hit." Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's all on Aurelian Soul. I, th- I was satisfied yeah. with the amount of lore we had because I thought his voice was in it so much. So I, I, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't left wanting for more. Oh, actually, there is one more thing, mm-hmm. and I thought it was really, really good. The in the Star For in the Star Forger Returns, which is just like the very short cinematic when he was first released. He's just basically, he's got this like celestial voice, and it's kind of like a narrator, like a like like a David Attenborough type. Uh, nature documentary type narration as like stars are flying and um, at like 38 seconds in the the narration becomes way less that and he becomes kind of like more mocking and arrogant in his tone and then the music at the same exact time shifts to a super super minor creepy tone that was just like so good i loved it <laughs> it's interesting because he also had an even teasier teaser which was i think yeah. it was called like he re- he's returned or, some, or it, something about he's returned and it's just like 10 seconds of pantheon staring at the sky and nothing happens um, oh <laughs> yeah but this this one was this pretty cool pretty i definitely good. agree yeah yeah just the reveal of him visually it's really great 
Nice thing calling that out. I, I w- my my brain noticed it, but I didn't. You know. Yeah, there's a lot of musical things like that that it'll change in mood, and subconsciously you'll feel it. But my ears don't pick up on that either. Sure. But that was all I had because there's no alternate universes for Aurelian Soul. No, but he's not a K-pop star he in is, high school. He's not a well. <laughs> <laughs> it does make an appearance, but <laughs> Wait, what? What? Where? What? Not an official AU, so... Uh, Wait, where does he make an appearance? Um, so he is technically in Academy Adventures. What? Nice. He is in Olaf versus Everything. See, Rebecca, you're getting used to the AUs already. You can now in- intuit which That's ones are going to be in the... In the... <laughs> Terrible. All right, I think we're good, yeah? Yep, I'm exhausted on Aurelian Soul. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> So that is it. That is Aurelian Soul. Thank you so much for listening. And join us next week when we are finally at our last A champion, uh, the Emperor of the Sands, Azir. Okay, we legit stopped recording, but John just found out what Aurelian Soul does in the Academy of Ventures. Go ahead, honey. So uh, real quick, Aurelian Soul is the narrator in an, uh, a planetarium that the students <laughs> visit. It's just a fucking space dragon. Yep. (laughs) 